So I'm continuing in my series on we need to pray. And after last night, oh yeah, really, 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 we need to pray. So part three, we need to pray. Let us launch into it. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I have no problems at all with you changing this message on the fly and having your own way, Lord. I've done my part to prepare and to study and to make myself ready to deliver your word, Lord, but let your word come past this morning. Let your word be heard, Lord, regardless of what I've studied, let your word come to pass. Your people are in a precarious time. We all are, Lord God, and we need a word from God. We need revelation from God. We need that fight in us, Lord, for everything depends on this season right now. This season right now changes the course of history forever. We need your fight in us right now. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will speak to us through your word. Because we are living in the last days. Okay, so Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, verses 34 through 36 says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, wantonness, excess, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. What is Luke talking about? He's saying that be careful now more than any other time you've tried to be careful. The very things you don't expect or don't want to see might be the very things that might be destruction earmarked for you. So be very careful, he said, because the cares of this life could be so much so overwhelming that the evil creep up upon you unawares. And I think that word is simple for anybody to understand, unawares. Not only it caught you by, it caught you by surprise, you know. I think the last time I was speaking, I was talking about there, there, there's nothing that the devil can do to sneak up on God. Remember me talking about that? He can't just sneak up on God and catch God off guard, unawares. But he certainly is trying to catch us unawares by allowing us to believe, oh, that's no big deal. I got that. You know, it's like, oh, I can increase the speed here. Oh, I can take a few more of this, a few more of that. Be aware that life cares doesn't creep up upon you unawares. It snuck up on you. For as a snare, for as a snare, every word here is powerful. Anybody know what a snare is? Uh, right, it's a trap. It's, um, it's also an instrument, but we're not talking about that. A snare is a drum, a trap. This one he's talking about, he says, For as a snare, it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. So there are no exceptions to the rules. And so the snare is, uh, to briefly tell you, of some of the more ancient type, it's just a simple crude old trap that's sitting out there in the open. That's one of the, that's one of the um, deliberateness of a snare. It's not hiding. A snare is never in hiding. A snare is in the open. It's like sitting right there in front of you. And it's like a box. Just imagine a box for me. Yeah, I'm trying to demonstrate. Give me one of them offering basket, please. So this is what a snare looks like. A crude old-fashioned snare. It's something like this, right? And it's got a stick. Let me a pen. I get the marker probably fine. And it's and it's got it's got this thing holding it up just like that. Just like that. It's as simple as that. And right underneath here, there's a bunch of feed, like chicken feed or bird feed or cedars. Now attached to, attached to this is a string. Attached to this is a string. And it's in the hand of someone way out there. And this is all open and exposed. No big deal. Everything's all right. 
nothing to be afraid of. And once that animal goes in on there to feed, the person pulls the trip and the snare falls and covers them. That's what a snare is. So when you read this scripture verse, just understand what we're talking about. We're talking about an open, obvious trap, not a secretive thing, not some, oh my God, I'm starting to, yeah, yeah, let's go with this Lord. Not something in the dark and hidden and nefarious and subversive and got to be hiding. No, it's set in the open, just like that, plain for all to see. But for the unsuspecting who walks into that snare and the trapper pulls the trap, he is caught in that snare. So don't be looking for something big and mysterious and profound and over the top and an elaborate scheme. It's a simple, simple little stuff that you're probably dealing with every day, but it's set to trip you up. Are you hearing me this morning? I want you to hear my heart this morning because I have been going through, uh, not personal, I'm talking about personal stuff. I'm talking about what God's been just doing to me in the last month or so with just vision after vision after vision after vision. And it's now coming with such rapidity that I see things today and it happened tomorrow. That kind of speed with which stuff is happening. And I think God is having me be a messenger on the wall to sound an alarm. People, wake up. Verse 36 of Luke chapter 21. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to stand. I mean, check and check again and check again. When I was in kindergarten, I don't know about the United States, but we didn't have as much vehicles as you all had. And so they used to literally take us by groups to the side of the street or the intersection and taught us how to cross the street. They did that for you all when you were growing up? Or that's just taken for granted? When I was growing up, we would be led to the side of the street and I could still hear the principal or whoever was in charge at the time saying, <laughs> literally, look left, look right, and look left again, and then look right again before you cross the street. It was that deliberate. I am saying to you in the realm of the spirit this morning, look left, look right, look left again, look right, before you venture out into anything because you know, which of you haven't been in some kind of mishap, accident, where you did all that, or maybe you didn't, but at the end you went like, I don't know where that car came from. Anybody but me? I don't know where that car came from. I looked up, it wasn't there. I looked there, it wasn't there. And then, then all of a sudden it was there. Why? You know, I want to believe the car was always there. I want to believe we missed seeing some simple things. For example, it might be a red car up against a red background, and so it's absorbed in it, and as a result, it was easy to not see it. It might be a car that was the same color of the street or the asphalt, whatever. Create whatever scenario you want in your mind. It was so obvious and so deceptive. Oh, my it was so deceptive in its timing and strategy that you didn't see it. And when you ventured in, you got, you're going like, where did this come from? I didn't see that. So I'm asking you in the spirit this morning to look left and to look right and to look left again and then to look right again. Do not take anything for granted. I know there may be people behind you honking the horn and going, enough already. No, listen. No. It might be moving faster than you think. You know? I know I have escaped many uh, a near smash up by pulling out and that just that, oh, I, I can just 
beat him. I, I, I could just, Ugh! I got enough, Ugh! you know, and I did one of those one days, Ugh! and I got enough power in there, Ugh! driving a clutch vehicle, and I popped that clutch in the car and, went, <coughs> and died. Now, I had the power all right. What I didn't have was safe space to correct myself from assuming that I had the power. Oh, Lord. I assumed I had the power to escape. My car had a mind of its own. So I'm, I'm, I'm making this as simple as I can so that we can get the message. Without a doubt, we are living in the last days. Yeah, you heard it since your grandma been telling you ever since. But I'm telling you, and listen to me, you could write this down. You could quote me on this one. You know, back 50, 60 years ago, there were end time signs that we were looking for because the Bible says that until these signs be fulfilled, the Lord Jesus won't come back again. There are no more end time signs to be fulfilled. If you could find one this morning that was written, I stand corrected. I'd be willing to go and look again and come back and apologize there are no i mean one of the last things we look for was the blood turn, the moon turned into blood ha we've got blood moons now there are no signs left one that always troubled us was until this gospel be preached throughout all the earth and all languages and all tongues heard the gospel of truth the son of man shall not come back that is no longer a truth because of satellite because of television, because of the multitude of technologies and missions and missionaries and stuff, the gospel has penetrated to over 194 regions of the world, 194 geographies and, 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 and area spaces. That's no longer a thing to be fulfilled. You can't think of one this morning. So we are in that space and time. We are in that space and time where all the signs for the return of the Lord has taken place. So right now, you are on borrowed time. Any minute now, any minute now, somebody could aggravate the passions of heaven with their wickedness to enough that God would say, enough is enough. Jesus, you ready to go? I'm ready to send you. I'm ready to send you back. I'm ready for you to go and redeem mankind. There are no more fulfillments to be had in the scripture. Check me on that one if you want to. I love a challenge. There is nothing that is yet to be done in preparation for the return of the Lord. There are many things that have come to pass already that confirm that we're in the last days. Now, now here is... <laughs> Here is one of them, the one thing that was kind of holding out for the Son of Man to come back. But it happened within our lifetime. The temple, mm -hmm, those are your Bible scholars, the temple had to be rebuilt in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. Aha! Uh -huh. What has happened since around 2005? I started to tease that out to you last time I speak, right? Uh, in, in, two, in 2005, um, I, I want to just you up to date on the prophecies that is coming to pass even as I speak. In January of 2005, the Sanhedrin Council was established to set in motion the end time things that were supposed to happen. This is the first time in 1600 years there was a reformation of the Sanhedrin Council. This would be the 70 wisest elders, rabbis of Israel, Jerusalem, who came together to dictate the order of the next phase of God's presence being ushering. That was formed in 2005. And so right after that, Yet right after that, um, because they're the ones who are going to rule on, on, on the religious and political issues with respect to the world and Judaism, um, it, it, establishes the author it establishes the authority of Jerusalem. What happened in 2017? Jerusalem's capital 
was moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. That's where the Temple Mount will be built. We are in the last hours, the last days of human history. It's necessary for the implementation of these Old Testament laws concerning the temple and its sacrifice. So the first order of business for the Sanhedrin Council in 2005 was to approve the blueprints for the rebuilding of the third Jewish temple. You know your history? I'm not speaking Greek to you here, right? Some of you all are acquainted with it, some are not, but hopefully I can bring some sense here, right? The rebuilding, the second one was destroyed, and, and Jesus says he will have to rebuild the third one, and he will sit on the throne of the temple in Jerusalem, and that begins the, the, the seven-year process and, and the big great tree, peace, peace treaty. And so three and a half years in, somebody had violated, they would back out, and all anarchy, all, all H-E-W-L will break loose on the earth. So the Sanhedrin, their first order of business in February of 2005 was to approve the blueprints for rebuilding of the third Jewish temple. We need to know this because the Bible prophecies, prophecies that, that there will be a temple that will be trodden down by the Gentiles during the tribulation period. That cannot happen if there is no temple. The Gentiles can't trod down the temple if there isn't one. Are you going to break down something that isn't there? You're following me? Stay with me. This message is about prayer. But I want to show you before we talk about prayer, what is happening and why is it so important to up your prayer game, to up the temperature, right? So right now, as I speak, well, figuratively, you know, the third temple has already been prefabricated off-site. Man, just Google this stuff if you want to. The third temple has been prefabbed off-site. And as a result, as a result of that, they're simply waiting on an agreement to construct on the Temple Mount. What's it all the the fight that's going on and the, the fatwa and, and all the stuff that's going on between Palestine and Israel and uh, the Palestinians are claiming that that's their space and the Jewish people are claiming that that's their space and the Sanhedrin has been formed and it's agreed upon these are the 70 wisest rabbis and men around who will declare the order of the ushering of the end time and they are just counseling amongst themselves and waiting million divine order like Daniel waited for to begin to erect the temple. So just like in olden days, the temple was constructed and then brought and put on its site. So even right now, there is a prefabrication of the Jewish temple that has been done. And so they're waiting on the agreement to move it into place. Is this, are you getting this? Is this boring you? Okay. This is important to your history. All right. So as all the instruments have been formed and, and have been prepared for the return of the sacrifices as soon as the temple is assembled. Back in the uh, 80s, 90s, they were, they were talking about needing to have the red heifer. And that was a big mystery. And voila, we have the red heifer. Everything that has been a part of the whole of why Jesus hadn't come has already been done and put in place. So I bring all this to your attention today because in just a few short days, the, the, the Temple Mount faithful, they transported the cornerstones for the third Jewish temple to the streets of downtown Jerusalem to let the whole world know that the temple will soon be assembled on the Temple Mount, as the Bible says. That's done. So when President Trump and his guys and all that move... Um, the capital to Jerusalem, where the Temple Mount should be. <laughs> Whether you believe him, like him, don't like him, not, that was part of an end-time prophecy. That was a part of an end-time prophetic move. And so the temple is in its place. The prefab stuff is in its place. 
the instruments for ushering the worship of the temple is in place. Everything is in its place. The cornerstones for the third temple are in place. They're just waiting to be set. Jesus is coming soon. Sooner than you think. The Bible says in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head for your redemption draw it nigh when these things that i've just talked to you about have come to pass look up start to get ready get as we say here amongst the young people get woke get woke we don't have time to play around anymore it is time to pray it is time to get your stuff together in luke 21 verse 28 it says and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draw it near after writing the book of daniel daniel prayed to god for understanding of the things that he had written god's reply is found to him in daniel chapter 12 and verse 9 and he said to him this is god saying to daniel go thy way daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end god told daniel these words are not for you to understand but they are for the people of the end time to understand and so the people of the end time we are now having an understanding because everything is aligning itself and coming into full view into full place never before in the history of the church have we had an understanding of the prophecies of the bible like we have today god is revealing things to this generation because this is the time of the end not the end of time but the end of this age I didn't want to get too, too involved in a question you asked me yesterday about Bible because it was in my message today. So I'm going to clear it up. <laughs> because it was, I was like, ooh, ooh, if I, if I, if I go there, I'm going to expose too much. <laughs> but, but it was so on the question. All right? The, um, humanity, this is, the end, this is not the end of the time. This is the end of this age because humanity will still, hear me carefully, humanity will still exist for another thousand years during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. So we are in the end time. We are the end of this age. But after what happens, happens. There will still be a, a millennial rule, a 1,000 year reign where mankind will still be on the earth. God, <coughs> Daniel said, they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So he's saying, yeah, when you understand this prophecy, I want you to go and tell people, as much people as you can, start with your own family. We don't have a whole lot of time. God could put in his appearance any minute right now. You think you're seeing all the signs and because you're seeing all the signs that that is interpretive of the events and the sequences and all that. Let me ask a question. How many of you were prepared for the earthquake four days ago? The earthquake. The earthquake in Silvercrest? Ridgecrest. Ridge yeah, it's a crest in there somewhere. <laughs> the earthquake in Ridgecrest. How many of you were ready for that? How many of you all had advance notice? You know? I used to think tornadoes were bad. Well, living in Oklahoma after all these years, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I have my bomb shelter and I have all kinds of sophisticated gadgets, the Doppler radar and all that stuff. And we could get warning 48 hours ahead of time. It's coming then we got a day ahead of time. And then it's so specific now that within an hour of an earthquake touching, uh, not an earthquake, a tornado touching down, you can get a warning. And you know, we lived through that many times. We had to run out of the house, get in our underground bunker and hunker down. Say, Lord, the fire department will come and find us because our bunker is registered. And so they'll know how to get us. But we were ready. How many of you were ready for Ridgecrest? Which one of you had advance warning? 
the son of man will come just like that the only sense of safety that some of us feel is that we have a good bag packed up with stuff i call selma and i say you ready for this say yep i got my generator i got my food i got my this i got my that and we got a meeting place to meet okay i had three bags packed uh, things set up i have my gas mask I'm, I'm real kind of creepy that way, you know, I'm like, I'm a little bit bordering on the doomsday prepper kind of person. So I have gas masks, uh, we have nuclear fallout suits, we have um, stove that don't need electricity, got all kinds of stuff. We could survive for a while until somebody figure out what's going on and find us. So that's the only safety that some of us have in terms of a natural disaster. We are prepared. But that's the operative word. We are prepared. The Son of Man will be a whole lot different from that. Are you prepared for Jesus to put in his appearance anytime, anytime he chooses to? So God has given us understanding so that we can instruct people and witness to people in this last day. The Apostle Paul clearly understood the intention of God for the end time. In Romans chapter 13, verse 11, he says, And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of your sleep translated another way stop taking for granted you have all the time in the world <coughs> stop taking for granted that there's some other thing that has to happen that will be that last warning you know that two minute warning that you get before the fight goes on we're down to the two-minute warning. No, you don't have that. You don't have that. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Since we are the people of the end time, and we know the time, then now is the time to awake out of sleep and step up our efforts like we never had in our history. Jesus is coming soon this might be the last sermon you might hear that dramatic that dramatic this might be the last message you might hear woke get up wake up stop letting the devil lay a snare for you that entraps you takes you off guard and then you're caught then you're caught be awake in our text, Jesus said, listen, you need to watch. You need to pray always. So that day does not take you unaware. Jesus is admonishing the church to understand in the time in which we live. Jesus is saying, because of the times, but. <laughs> well, I think we like to look at, you think that is simple? It's called but for a reason. It means because of the times. When we talk about Waymaker, Miracle Eater, that group is called but. It means because of the times. And there's a conference called Because of the Times. B-O-T-T. -T, that's what it stands for. So because of the times, right, we need to step up our efforts. It, you know, it's, it's like Jesus is saying to you, the two-minute warning has already sounded. We have to give it all we have. We are down by three runs in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded. This is your last shot. Give it all you have. The enemy is attacking like never before. The adversary is seeking to devour whom he knows. Is anybody going through a tremendous kind of unusual trial like you've never seen before? We don't have time to sit down this morning and listen to all the war stories of all hell breaking loose in everybody's lives or homes or families. Oh, it is for real. The two-minute warning has sounded already. And we don't have a whole lot of time left. The devil is seeking to devour whom he may. It is such, it is such, it is such a day as, you know, there, there are so many people who are not woke that the devil could just walk around, up, oh, not ready, not, and just randomly, indiscriminately just pick anybody. Because we're not woke. Can I get a witness? <laughs> 
I'm not going to be talking about all prophecy today. We already know that we are living in the last days. But my intent is to show you what the Bible says that we, the church, ought to be doing this end time. Paul says, awake up out of your sleep. How could I make that more plain? Awake up out of your sleep. You know, when the first earthquake hit last few days ago, I have to admit that there's a certain amount of, I don't want to use callousness, but I grew up overseas. An earthquake over there is like how you all have high winds over here. We just have earthquake all the time. Just a little rock in the ocean and every shivering of the earth bell, we got an earthquake. I have lived through so many earthquakes that part of me like, oh, it's an earthquake. This is how it happens. It comes on, it's intense, four or five seconds, boom, it's done. I've, I've been in my house and heard explosions, like explosions, and it wasn't gas. It was a whole wall, concrete busting, just and just an ungodly sound you cannot begin to understand the guttural sound of a solid concrete wall just snapping in half and so over the years of i don't know 20 30 i don't lots of earthquakes so that when i experience them here it's like you know just another earthquake but this one i felt it and started to shake uh, three minutes it'll be gone five seconds passed and it was still going on it got a little bit more tense and the bookshelf right next to my bed started banging against the wall and coming towards me banging against the wall coming towards me i'm going like oh and i'm in pain i'm like oh god i gotta get up and i got up and i put my hand against the bookshelf and anchored back to the wall so one hand's holding the bookshelf and one foot is across the bed i'm like this i'm gonna what am i doing this is i think will snap me like a toothpick <laughs> so my best bet was get out of here just get out of here Hmm? So for the next couple nights, of course, I slept with one eye shut and one eye open. Not really. I don't know how to do that. I just didn't sleep because part of me is just ready and waiting because I have never had an earthquake in all my life of having earthquakes that went on for about 25 seconds. That got my attention. Earthquakes are usually swift it's done it's done five seconds done all its damage whatever's going to be busted whatever's going to be fall it's done in five seconds this bad boy just kept on and on and on and i said lord because i've been having I don't want to be that kind of doomsday preacher saying, it's because of the sin and unrighteousness of people that God's judgment is on us. That is true too. <laughs> he did say that. But over the last few months, I've been saying there is, there is an ungodly whoredom of a spirit over this region. It's, it's just intense. And last night in particular, the kind of things that were coming to me, it's, it's just so vile. It was vile, 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 vile. I'm not going to go into details. Trust me, it was vile. The explicit nastiness of people's behavior was vile, just corrupt. It's amazing what people are doing and they're not concerned about what they're doing. Watch and pray always, Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There are about 15 more scriptures that I can pull like that. Last night I pulled a few. Uh, it's going to take forever. Read First Thessalonians chapter 5. That would be a good one to get you. First Thessalonians chapter 5. That would be a good one to get you all geared up on how the Lord's coming and who will rise first and who wouldn't. So, 
talk to me after i'll give you some more first thessalonians chapter five all right a few weeks ago i spoke about how often we should pray and the gist of that message is that we must always pray like luke chapter 18 verse 1 men ought always to pray and not to faint be in an attitude of prayer all the time i'm not talking about calling a meeting a prayer meeting in the middle of the day and uh, no i'm talking about being in an attitude of prayer all the time all right the added element today with respect to praying always is this one thing he says wake up wake up stop taking things for granted not just looking and saying, oh, well, that's, uh, uh, stop taking stuff for granted or you will be caught unawares. Amen. You know, nothing surprises us as much as when somebody betrays us or does something really, really vile against us and you have known them for all your life and you're going like, not him. You know why that happens? Because you took that for granted. And that was the least place of your expectations that would turn against you. And so now you're caught surprised. But not him. How could he? How could she? Wake up. Don't be caught unawares. Right? The Greek word for watch is the word nepho, N-E-P-H-O. It means to be sober, be alert, and to watch very closely. We sometimes have mistaken this concept of all these signs and prophecies and that they're going to be easy to see and to know when they happen. No, there's nothing else to see that's going to be new to be expecting or waiting on to fulfill. The signs have been fulfilled. No, I need to say that one more time. Those of you who are acquainted with your Bible and know where you read until these signs shall come to pass the son of man shall not return you can't find me one that hasn't been fulfilled yet go on scholars spend the rest of the day looking for a sign and then come and say oh you missed that one pastor all the signs have been fulfilled there is nothing else to be waiting for and looking for that says oh well that one ain't happened yet no they have you are in the last day we assume that it will be plastered across the news headlines and, and the media because we're so savvy and we're so technical. Of course, we'll see it on CNN, Fox, or MSNBC. No. They will give you an after-the-fact reporting. They're not going to give you a pre-advanced pre warning. All right? We assume that we will know when the mark of the beast will be implemented. <laughs> really? Who don't think the mark of the beast hasn't been implemented yet? <laughs> Not me. I have enough data in my data bank to prove that it's here already. We're using it in so many ways. We're using it in so many ways from as simple as our credit card with smart chips in them animals with chips in them chips in our kids to identify them if they got stolen yeah the system is here and it is in place it's not new it's not phenomenal and it's not something waiting to happen it's just waiting for another phase for that ultimate purpose to set in place you know like okay we will just now insert or mark those who will not take it and who will be on the lord's side and who will not be on the lord's side the system is in place but that's not what the bible says the bible says be aware lest these things take you unawares how many of you know how okay simple how many of you in here know today that the cornerstones for the temple have already been moved to jerusalem simple simple exercise in the google the google it was done since 2005 and it was put in place waiting on the sanhedrin to say put it together it's done when we understand the time we will instruct many 
But if it catches us unaware, we will instruct nobody. When Jesus was saying to watch and pray always, he was saying that saying our prayer must be sufficient for the time in which we're living. The prayer that you prayed yesterday may not be enough today. The time that you sacrificed yesterday may not be sufficient for this hour. What caused success in times past may not bring success in the future. Can anybody hear me today? We have to be willing to do whatever is necessary to accomplish the plan of God in this end generation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 32. And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the time, to know what Israel ought to do. There is a set of people set aside with a special knowledge and prophetic gifting from God who knows what to do. For example, I just talked about the 71 elders and rabbis who have come together, who have brought this end time thing into place, and they are waiting on that instruction as to when we put the cornerstones together. There are men in the earth, and God said in his word, I don't do anything in the earth unless I first instruct my prophets. Look, I'm not going to hold out myself as some big Sawati prophet, but I know God is warning me about what's coming. And I've been warning you. You without excuse. I've been warning you. This is what the Lord is saying to me. And I believe absolutely in my whole heart that God is speaking to me. To have success in these times, the church has to step up her efforts in prayer, fasting, evangelism. The man Christ Jesus was our greatest example of keeping in step with the demands of the day. From his birth in Bethlehem to his death at Calvary, he was in sync with God's purpose. Turn to Luke chapter 9 verse 51 or just let me read it for you and write it down. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. So he knew. Luke chapter 9 verse 51. He knew. He was ready. He set, his fire, he set his face and he was steadfast about going to Jerusalem. At each juncture of his life, he was ready to make the necessary adjustment. In his humanity, he grew as the times demanded. As he faced his ultimate purpose for being born, Calvary, his focus, his resolve, and his commitment rose to the occasion. So each time he got closer, to, he was ready for the next thing ready for the next phase ready for the next phase are you ready for the next phase there are no more signs watch and pray he says awake from your sleep watch and pray this stuff that is happening is to get you so off guard that you might be caught and ensnared in the trap and you might miss the eastern sky breaking and the son of man descending and the trump of God sounding so that we might all be caught up to meet him in the air don't let this stuff get you sidetracked there's a larger purpose at work rescue the perishing rescue the perishing pray for the time don't just poop it off anymore just prior to his betrayal he prayed at Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives However, this was not the first time to pray there. In Luke chapter 22, verse 39. We're doing good on time. In Luke chapter 22, verse 39. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. The word want means as he was accustomed to doing. This was his habit. He was doing it all the time. It was his usual practice. Even yet, this particular prayer time took on new dimension. Jesus had been watching unto prayer. He knew what was about to happen. Jesus knew that this prayer had to go beyond what he had ever prayed before. And the Bible says in Luke 22 and verse 44, And being in agony... He prayed more earnestly. 
and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. So even though he was always accustomed to praying, he knew the hour was coming and he stepped up his prayer game. That's what that scripture I just read to you. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his, his sweat was as if it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He was accustomed to praying, but this time he prayed till blood started coming out of his forehead. Because he knew something was about to happen. Wake up, people. His prayer has always been deep. It's been sincere. It's been effective. But now he prayed more earnestly. His prayer was more focused. His prayer was more passionate. Why was that? Because the times demanded it. I have been saying and will continue to say, we need to step up or pray game. We need to pray. You will hear stuff when you're praying you wouldn't hear any other time. You really wouldn't. I know it sounded real simple when I said it this morning, but it was a profound moment for me. I was talking to God about our picnic and our anniversary and all that. And I said, God, you know, we're begging, it seems like, and we're pushing people and try to come. And the Lord just simply said these words into my spirit. It will be successful to the extent that they want to be there. You think about that. I got that in prayer this morning. That's how you're going to become, to the extent that you want to be there, you'll be successful. If this is just another man, man, oh, they'll just go up there and they'll sing a song and poo-poo around and say, okay, that's all you're expecting, that's all you're going to get. He said it'll be successful to the extent that they want to be there. And my battle was over. It was done. I was like, God, okay. Thank you. I got that in prayer. I was praying for something. I got an answer. I put my soul at ease. You want to be there? You're going to have a great time. <laughs> you don't want to be there? That's it. That's it. So I rest my case on that one. I'm done. But the point I was making is I heard that in prayer because it, came, it became concerning to my spirit. And there are things you're going to hear in prayer that you won't hear normally. At the time of Christ, the population on the earth was like about 270 million people. The majority of these people don't even know Christ. Today, the population is approaching 7 billion. Still, the majority of people don't know Christ. If Jesus was able to see the urgency in his day, how much more should we be sensitive of the urgency in our day? All prayer have to be more focused, more sincere, more intense, more often more passionate than ever before really you gotta put down the what donut hamburger ice cream i don't know whatever it is and spend a little bit more time in the presence of the lord really i am telling you you have no other hope of rescue until you plug into god like big time only god could warn you like god could warn you and you don't get that poo-pooing around you gotta up your game awake he says get out of your slumber stop letting sleep take the best of you when you set a date to pray my god hold fast it i don't care what's happening lest you become entrapped god tell you search god for whatever your time is tells you six o'clock i don't care what's going on at six o'clock you stop you pray i could I remember one day getting so annoyed to the point of being bigoted. I was on a flight. And there were some people of another faith on that flight. And the hour had approached when they normally do their prayer. They pray five times a day. And homeboy gets in the toilet on the plane and lock himself in there. And decide he's going to pray. I don't care what accident the rest of you all have outside the door. I'm going to pray. I was like, Lord Jesus, curse him with that. <laughs> but my point is, there is this religiosity about some people and how they pray. I often wonder, do they even know God? It's more about the discipline. 
And I'm saying this to say, we could do well with taking some of that discipline. Not the indiscriminate, stupid stuff like, you're going to go on the only toilet on the plane and lock yourself in there because you want to talk to God. Really? I'll leave that alone. I have enough material there to go on for another two hours. <laughs> Be disciplined about your prayer life. Be disciplined. Don't let prayer just accidentally happen. Please. Don't let prayer accidentally happen. Like, oh. oh, oh, oh. Be purposeful about prayer. We need to pray. If you develop a habit that becomes part of your character, it will not be broken. I told you about how my parent would wake me every morning at about 4.30. Drove me up a wall. But here I'm in my 60s, and to this date I still can't sleep beyond 3.30. Because it became a habit ingrained in me. <laughs> I know my son was thinking that I was probably crazy when I used to wake him up at about 4.35 o'clock in the morning. But you know what? I see a discipline in him even now. Right, Brian? He gets up early o'clock every day and he's ready and he goes off to do his job. A discipline is worth everything. A prayer life is worth everything. Learn to have a discipline about how you pray and when you pray and do not compromise it for anything. In Matthew chapter 26, I'm coming close to the end. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. Then said Jesus unto them, All you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall scatter abroad. You know, I'm talking about prayer, right? I'm talking about being work and all this kind of stuff. I am under no illusion that I will be primary target for the devil to take out. Because if I'm the one that's cheering you on to pray and stuff, guess who's the best one to come after? Take me out. If you take out the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. If you take out the one that's telling them this is the way to go, walk in it and you shepherd it. If you take out that one, the rest will scatter. So I'm under no illusion as to why I'm having a bunch of difficulties. Listen, church is something I don't miss. I try. I will hobble to church if I have to. I speak to you not looking for sympathy or anything like that. I'm in extreme pain as I stand before you, but I missed last week. I'm going, Lord, I ain't missing this week. I don't care how much pain I'm in. I'm going there. These people need to hear this message. Because if I miss another week, somebody's going to get it in their mind and the devil is going to whisper them, well, pastor wasn't there last week. I ain't sure. And he wasn't there this Sunday. I know when he start back, I'm back on a regular basis, then I'm going to come. And guess what happened? No. We got to stand. I got to stand. Because if the mere thought that I ain't going to be here going to cause people not to be here. Listen, I am not God, but I'm a good cheerleader for God. All right? And I'm telling you, develop woke. Is that, is how the young people say it? Get woke? You got what they say? I'm saying it wrong? I said it right? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm old. I heard two words, get woke and get lit. The lit part, I'm not sure about that one. Is that one... What's the lit part of the book? That's not good. Okay. That's all I need to know. We're not getting lit. <laughs> That's part of the time. Okay, let's just get woke. <laughs> okay, we're good with that. Let's just get woke and stay up. Jesus was saying, and stay woke. Jesus was saying, you guys are going to lose it. You're going to fall apart because of what is getting ready to happen. The disciples responded by saying, What are you talking about, Jesus? Haven't we already proved ourselves to you? 
Haven't we already followed you for three and a half years? What more do you want from us? Jesus, being aware of what was ahead, persisted when he found them sleeping rather than praying. Matthew 26, 40 to 41. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, What? Could you not have watched with me one hour? Could you not have hold up just one more hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Sounds familiar? Jesus said, walk. <laughs> Literally says, wake up. <laughs> Jesus says, wake up. This is no time for sleep. Jesus said, watch. Do you not understand what is fixing to happen? Jesus said, pray. Pray like you never prayed before. I need your prayers right now. Jesus was saying in essence, I know you want to continue to follow me and that you don't think you need this, but you really do because what he was saying is, they're going to take me out. You feeling a certain amount of safety because I'm around you. He's saying, you feeling a certain level of safety. Well, Jesus is here. We're good. But he's saying, you don't have a clue that I can see the master plan and the master plan is to take me out. And when they take me out, you will run in a thousand different directions. Learn to strengthen yourself now. Stay awake. Stay prayed up. Stay ready. Yesterday's commitment was fine for yesterday's demands. But tomorrow's pressures will be so much greater. You have no idea what you're about to face shortly. I have been warned. You have been warned. We have been warned. The visions that I've had within the last month were so real. So, so real. It almost left nothing for interpretation or chance. It was straight up plain as day. There is a storm coming. That storm is here. Listen, what's going on in the whole city will not bother you as immediately and as effectively as if it was happening in your own house. Can I get a witness? The city could burn and I could be, ah, the city's burning. But when it happened inside my house, it's like, oh my God, my house is burning. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm saying this out of love and compassion. I really am. We are closer now to the end than we ever have been. And there are things going to set up to entrap us like a snare would be set. Oh, look at the feet under that box. No, that's to entrap you. That's to entrap you. We need to prepare for what's going to run after. If we're not prayed up, we'll not be able to handle it. The disciples of Jesus had the attitude of, haven't we done enough already? Haven't we done enough already? They should have been willing to pray with Jesus after all that they had been through together. Three and one half years of ministry, the miracles, the stormy sea, the feeding of the 5,000. Surely Jesus knew what was best for them, yet they still not grasp, could not grasp the urgency of that hour. They're coming to take me away and I won't be here with you anymore. That's what he's trying to tell them. Serious stuff is going to happen. And I won't be here. Start learning to focus on, Jesus, on God yourself. Start pointing upward. Be a world. Yet they still not grasp that out. They couldn't sense it. They couldn't see it. They slept on. The signs of times flew right by them without them blinking an eye. Consequently, a little while later, the Bible says, all the disciples forsook him and fled. They failed the Lord at the very moment he needed them the most because they were not watching and they were not praying. We need to pray. We need to watch. We need to pray. We need to stay woke. If we've always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? 
Let me tell you something. You cannot change what you haven't confronted. And unless you confront something, then there will be change. You cannot change unless you confront. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on what's going on behind you and confront it head on in the power of prayer and in the spirit of might and Jesus Christ and, and his, his, his Holy Spirit. Confront it with that kind of aggression and you will change it. Otherwise, we're going to fail. If we want greater revival, we have to have greater commitment. If we want to see more miracles, we must have more prayer. If we want to win more souls, we must witness to more people. We have to be careful that we don't ever get the attitude that disciples had that night in the garden. It is the attitude of, haven't I done enough already? I come to church twice a week. I pay my tithe. I read the Bible. I pray, I fast, I teach, I clean. I hope nobody's taking offense to what I'm saying. I'm just a messenger warning you. Ordinary stuff wouldn't work anymore. Ordinary stuff will not work anymore. All the elements of the temple is in place. Jesus gonna put in his appearance and all hell will break loose and the enemies and the forces of darkness against Jesus will come against the people of Christ and you've got to be ready. You must also realize that it is my duty to warn you that tomorrow will not be like yesterday. That's my duty, to warn you that tomorrow will not be like yesterday. You may not think that you need this kind of preaching, but you do. I have to tell you, you must adjust your pace according to the race. Adjust your pace according to the race. Jesus says that your spirit will be willing, but your flesh will be weak. He nailed it down when he said that. He literally nailed it. I can see your spirit willing. I have seen the hands go up and I say, let us pray. But if we're going to make it to the rapture, we have to overcome the flesh. Overcome this desire for lux and e relaxation and ease and, and, and non-committal. You have to do more. I, I could only say this so many times and I could pray for you all just so many times. There comes a point in time where you have to take this bull by the horn. You have to take this bull by the horn. You've got to run this race for yourself. you got to do that. You got to do it. We need to pray. Wake up. Wake up. There are perilous times ahead. There's persecution ahead. There's going to be truth that is compromised for the popular culture of today. You got to be ahead of time. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. If I read that for you again, all that will live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. All of you who would live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. I didn't say it. I'm not preaching the groom and groom. I'm quoting what the Bible said. That's what the Bible says. But evil men, verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Watch out for the things that seem so harmless, so pretty, so casual, so all in tune. That probably is going to be the most dangerous pitfall yet. The most dangerous pitfall. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived the bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken you're asking why me why now why all this trouble everything that can be shaken will be shaken 
because Jesus is coming for a pure bride. He's coming for a clean bride and a pure bride. <laughs> and he's coming for the righteous, the zealous, those who love him uncom uncompromisingly and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. You know why? So that which must remain will remain. There is a shaking taking place. Your faith is going to be tested. Your prayer life will be on trial. Your walk is going to be attacked by the enemy, by your own flesh, by your own family. Now it is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Watch and pray always. Let me close with this statement. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effect, that's in James. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Get your prayer game on. <laughs>